Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. Yeah, it is always fun to be with you guys. So good to be here today. Um, yeah, I just want to... He was talking about um, and, and honoring me, so thanks guys. I want to honor them too just for who they are and what what role they play in my life and uh, it's just phenomenal friends as well and and such input such pushing you to the next level and you've got to surround yourself with good good friends uh you've got to surround yourself with people that are like-minded people that are going to challenge you people who are going to love you and not just always have uh just nice words to say to you because uh, if you just have that uh, you can just as well um take your phone and speak to siri and tell her whatever you like like my Siri is when I ask, what is my name? It's King Sean. Uh, so, you know, you can just have Siri, and that's great. But we don't want Siri's in our life. We don't want just somebody who's going to tell you you're great and, you, and you're awesome, but also honor, you, honor your life because honor, when real honor is given, you can receive real honor back. I've been around church for most of my life, and my parents got saved when I was about uh, four or five years old, and since then they've been in church every week. Um, so <laughs> that's 40 years of um, church. And so in 40 years of church, I've seen people come and go. I've seen people give real honor, and I've seen people give fake honor. Um, and, that you, and that is something that I just want to touch on quickly before we get into today, because you guys are speaking and, and talking about upside down, right? Upside of gospel, going into Luke. And so when we talk about Jesus and who Jesus is and when he calls disciples, for us to be a true disciple, we've got to understand what we're doing. Jesus calls them to follow him. But if you're going somewhere, you need to know where you want to go. Right? Nobody just gets in the car and like, no, where are we going? I don't know. And we just drive. And they're like, okay, let's. But at least somewhere you decide, okay, road trip, let's go into. Okay? At least then you go the first step, and then we drive like, okay, where are we sleeping tonight? And then you go to the next one, and there's, there's trust involved. There's a, but if you really want to go up somewhere, and you go to the airport, then you don't just randomly get on any plane if you want to go to the U.S., because you might end up in another country, right? You've got to get into the right plane to go to the right country, to go to the right place. And honor is part of what that is, and, and I just want to quickly touch on honor, because Scripture says, honor your mother and father, your parents, and you will have what? Wow, that's incredible. Honor produces long life. You. That's, that's such a thing about honor there in how honor operates and what honor is when we understand what that truly is. And honor isn't just going like any yasty beast, oh, and he varled, man. And now I've got a bunch of names for him and pastor heni, apostle heni. Biscop any, post any, like you've got a bunch of names and you just call these names and you think that's going to be the nice thing. That's not true honor. Honor is truly knowing that what is being spoken. Now Jesus goes to Nazareth and preaches a word that shakes them to the core. But when they look at him, they do not receive it because they do not honor him because they just see him as Joseph's son. And so you can sit in church every single week and hear Henny preach. And so let me minister into your life and worship and just go, ah, you know, I know Henny. I ride with him the other day. I know, he's, I know him well. I've been spending two, three, five years with him now. I, 
And so what I'm doing is I'm devaluing, I'm not honoring what God is doing in and through him. And that truly is the biggest mistake I can make. Because Jesus left Nazareth and he barely could do a miracle there. The Son of God, the Son of God who wherever he went brought about signs, wonders and miracles, steps into a place of dishonor and cannot operate. No. <laughs> honor is incredibly important. But I'm not talking about false honor. I'm not talking about somebody mis mis being misused. I'm talking about something that produces life to us. And when we give it, we're not just giving it to receive something. We give it because it comes from the heart. It's part of what that is. So I've got a million different things I want to speak about today, but I'm not going to I'm going to try not to do that because I like I feel in the spirit there's like just a bunch of stuff happening right now what God wants to talk about but we're talking through John ah through Luke I mean so go with me to Luke chapter 5 we're going to start there and see where that's going to go so I want to encourage you is to live in honor or like when Whenever we preach and we talk about it a lot of times as pastors and people is that we honor what God's doing in your life. That's why we take time to prepare. So we don't just pitch up here on a Saturday night and go like, yeah, what do I want to talk about tomorrow? Uh, Google, sermon.com. <laughs> yeah, let me talk about wine. There we go. That's a lack of sermon. We'll talk about wine. That's like, because I'm going to talk about wine now. But anyway, um, but no, our life is what we live every day as a sermon and what God does in and through us, and what we relate to each other, that by the time we get here on a Sunday, we're not talking something that somebody gave us or what we downloaded. No, it's something we live every single day that we want to impart into your life so your life's changed and your world's shifted. So I carry a sermon with me in the entire week, maybe a month, and it's got a it's got to form part of my life. It starts to shoot root. So sometimes that sermon is connected to the things you're going through. So I'm actually carrying the things you're going through also in my heart. And I'm, I'm working this thing in the spirit. I'm giving you a little bit of insight here into what happens in pastors' bodies and minds. And so by the time the weekend comes, you're lying there and you, at night when you're sleeping, you're dreaming about what God's about to do on Sunday. You're dreaming about, you see those people's faces. You're dreaming about what that is and how this word's going to impact them and what God wants to do. So we don't just come here and we honor who you are as the bride of Christ. So what we bring is in honor. The moment you receive that in honor, there's unity. And when there's unity, there's blessing. Are you starting to see how powerful this is? So somebody's giving their life to this because Jesus says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. So I'm bringing life of God every Sunday life and I'm packing it in honor to the body to the bride to who you are as part of Christ and the moment I release that and you in honor receive that again there's unity there's power on that word there's movement it's like wow God's doing something and and then you you get wow how's God we were talking about my sermon last week in in Strand and God and a few people actually in church were actually during the week talking about fathers so when we got to church on Sunday, and I opened up and I said, I'm going to be speaking about fathers today. We were like, 
Wow, how amazing is God? God's been working that in our heart all week long. You see where, where I'm going with this? There's so much power in what that is when it comes to being part of a church and being part of what God's called you to. Because you're not here because you chose. You're here because you called. God called you to be part of a body, to be part of a family, to be part of what that is. And we find this in Luke where Jesus calls these disciples and he first goes down to the fishermen in chapter 5. Um, and so we can just read quickly here, verse 1. It says, So it was, as a multitude pressed about him um, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone off from them and were washing their nets. Um, and he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to push off a little to, of the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped preaching for seven and a half hours, okay, no, that's not there. When he had stopped preaching for two hours, he said to Simon, launch into the deep and let your nets um, rest for a catch. But Simon answered and said, Lord, you've been preaching all this time. I'm really tired. I need to, to update my Facebook profile. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's talk about life. I'm, I've missed lunch, and uh, my in-laws are there, so that was good. But anyway, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. And nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. This is interesting. These guys have been ca catching fish all night long. They come down. They've just pulled up their boats. They're not even in their boats. They're busy cleaning their nets. Jesus gets into the boat. He doesn't know this guy from a bar of soap. And he says, why don't you just push off a little bit? I need your bow to preach. But I've been working all night. Like, I need to go home now. Like, I'm going to be catching fish to tomorrow night. So this is wasting my sleep. This is, this is messing with my sleep. So I know some people, like, you mess with their sleep, you're going to have trouble. <laughs> you, you mess with that, maybe they haven't had, they caught nothing, so they don't even have breakfast. So let's take sleep and breakfast away. And we say, like, listen, let's push a little bit longer. So I'm tired. I, <laughs> there's no sleep. There's no breakfast. And there's no money. Like, Jesus, listen, I need to go home and cry. You're wasting my, my moping time. I need to go home now. Like, I'm done with this thing. There's a crowd of people, and I'm an introvert as well. Like, and and, and Peter, Peter here, you, gotta, you know his character. He's a fiery guy. So Jesus gets into the fiery guy's boat. I think at that moment, like, he was pushing a little bit. But Peter then, how does Peter respond? He says, yes. And so Jesus pushes out. And then Jesus preaches. I don't know how long he preached, but I gathered from what they were talking that these guys got hungry after a while. So he was preaching from the morning right through into the afternoon. Because by the time he then says to him, push out, he says, oh, we've been working all night long midday you want to push out Jesus has been preaching the whole morning and then he asked him to push out so he can catch fish a, a carpenter is telling a fisherman how to catch fish like, yes <laughs> no 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 i don't know if you've been around some fishermen like you, some of them you don't come and, and tell them what to do with that box that's standing there they open that thing and you come and it's like no man don't use that that doesn't like move away boy <laughs> Move away, push aside. Like, don't tell me how to catch fish. Like, you are a carpenter. 
you are a preacher. Don't you come and tell me how to run my business. You're a preacher. You only work on Sundays and you play golf all week long. I wish it was like that, huh? Yes, Lunday. I wish it was like I don't, I don't know if I told it here once. This young boy came off to church years ago. And he says to me, Sean, I really want to become a preacher. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome, man. Come on, let me pray for you. And I said, why? What moved in your heart? He said, no, I've been watching you guys. You all drive nice cars. You all have beautiful women. And you only work on a Sunday. This is the most incredible job in the world. <laughs> and I'm like, but you have major problems waiting for you. <laughs> but as Jesus is pushing into this and pushing him further, he's pushing him outside of his comfort zone. He's pushing him out of the old. And this is what I want to talk about today is letting go of the old. Because when we read a little bit later, we get to the place where he says that you cannot put new wine into old wineskins. I want to touch on that now. We know that scripture, but I've, as I was reading through this in preparation for today, God started speaking to me about something that I've never seen in that scripture. Maybe you have, just for me it was new. But we see Jesus ask these fishermen, and, and listen, what he does with Peter is phenomenal. He pushes him out. He says, listen, buddy, I'm going to push you out, catch fish. And he's like, man, I'm so tired. I just want to go home. But I recognize something in this moment, in this second. Because I think if Peter said to him, listen, man, I'm really tired. Don't you want to ask that guy? He would have missed the opportunity that he had. I don't know if Jesus would come around because I didn't see Jesus come back to the rich young ruler and run after him and go, hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. Let me counsel you. Even though you rejected my offer to follow me, you st- let me counsel you through it. No, Jesus made the offer that he, why the, the rich young man did not respond and Jesus kept on walking. Jesus sat with Nicodemus, a ruler of the law, uh, of um, a ruler of the time, and, and a, um, a teacher of the law, and showed him the gospel. But the next day, Nicodemus wasn't walking with him. Nicodemus also left. So there's these moments where God comes to you and He gives you opportunity to say yes to leave the old, where you say yes to be on. But He doesn't come in the way you think He should come. This is what I've known throughout my life. He doesn't come in the way where he goes like, it's all set up. You just need to come in. It's all there. It's so luxurious. It's so easy. No, it's not. It's going to cost you something. and It's going to cost commitment. It's going to cost discipline. It's going to cost the yes. It's going to cost more than that. And so when Peter says yes to this, his whole world changed. Jesus blesses him and then looks at that and says, also leave that and come with me. Hi. So first he pushes him to the end. And says, listen, go out. Then he gives him a multitude of fish, and his business is overflowing. And I've seen so many times God, and I don't know if I've touched this maybe on here, here a few times, but I've seen so many times God bless people, and then when the blessing comes, Jesus goes. So like, Jesus, you know, you've got all these fish. I need you to put up a factory, and we need to get some extra guys, and we're going to start Peter and Jay. We're going to have all these fish. We're going to set out all these fish. And then I'll tithe to your ministry. Thanks for blessing me. And I never tithe because it's going too well. And then I never live the first principle where just to show, just pay your tithe. Simple. No, God says, leave all of that. Follow me. And Peter goes, if you can do that, I want to see what you want to do next. 
And he steps in and he becomes, it's a phenomenal breakthrough. Then Jesus walks in the next one. And I want to just go here. And Jesus has these interesting words, follow me. Such profound words. Go to verse 27. So he does all these beautiful miracles, and he comes to verse 27. And after these things, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting in the tax office, and everybody hated him. <laughs> and he said to him, what? Follow me. And so he left all, rose up, and followed him. This is interesting. He walks straight up to a guy and says, hey, he doesn't know from a bar, so follow me. This guy looks at him, okay, I'll come. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that something? And I believe in this moment, there's something spiritual that drops in art. You don't know what it is yet. You don't know where it's going to lead you. You don't know what, what that looks like, but you say yes to it. God, I say yes to your call. I say yes to what that is. And in this moment, Levi or Matthew goes, I'll do this. I'll follow you. I'll leave everything I know, and I'm going to follow you. And you see where I'm going to go with this. It says, yeah, then Levi gave his, uh, a, a great feast in his house, and there were a great number of tax collectors and all those who sat with them. And the scribes and the Pharisees, who were part of the paparazzi, complained against his disciples, saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners and all these people of the uh, wrong political party? And then he answered and said to them, those who have need, uh, the, sorry, those who are well have no need for a physician, but those who are, but those who are sick. I've come to call the not. Let me start again. I've not call, come to call the righteous, but sinners, to repentance. It's interesting when you read this piece. Is that Matthew? The first thing he does in this moment that Jesus calls him is he invites all his friends to come along. He calls all of them, throws a big feast at his house, and gets everybody there. All of them suddenly. Phew, Disciples are there. Let's go to the first, first story. Jesus comes down and calls who? Fishermen. Then he goes and calls what, who next? A tax collector. The Son of God walks in the earth, not as a lone ranger, but calls people who, according to us, if we had lived at the time, did not qualify to be carriers of the gospel. And Jesus calls them into this walk with him and says, come walk with me. Follow me. He doesn't say, come vote for my party. He doesn't say, come give to me. He comes and he calls them on a journey. And we hear similar words when Paul comes to there. And Paul says, follow me, what? As I follow Christ. Follow me. What does Jesus do with these disciples? He walks a road with them, teaches them what through example. Shows them what he's doing in them and through them. Shows them signs, wonders, miracles. And then we find a moment where Peter says to him, he asks them, who do you say I am? Do you all know that scripture? Who do you say I am? Who do people say? They all say these different things. And then Peter comes and says, you are the son of God. You are amazing. You are wonderful. Jesus says to him, man, that revelation is phenomenal. You are spiritual. You are great. He acknowledges him. He, he uh, gives him affirmation. Beautiful prophetic. Oh, Peter goes, wow. Man, I am. Woo! Jesus did that about me. That is amazing. Next, Jesus says, I am going to die. He says, no. I have something to say about that. What does Jesus say to him? Satan, get behind me. 
I promise you, if Henny says that to you, you might not be here next Sunday. <laughs> you come with a suggestion. No, no, Henny, I don't think you should be doing it. And he says, stop, Satan, get behind me. Like, what did you tell me? Excuse Satan. <laughs> Foot sack, yay, man. I'm going to another church. And then I'm, wait, I'm going to talk about you on YouTube. Listen, I wanna, and then I'm going to make a video how wrong this church is. This guy is, tells me I'm Satan. Oh, it's very quiet now. <laughs> you see, following has got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with the one I follow. Who is leading me? What is God doing in them? And what's God doing in me? Now, I, I grew up in a t- touching on the father thing. We touched that last, last week. But just quickly want to throw this in. I grew up with a great dad. And a great grandfather who, um, who had this thing. My dad said the following always. He said, Sean, that if I say to you, don't do it, and you do it, there will be consequences. And so in love, he drew a line and said, that's the, the parameter of what we work in. Outside of that parameter, there will be consequences. So the one day, we went to visit some people. And very, very, very poor people. And we just wanted to watch videos all day long. And so we had this, you know, a kid, sometimes they get stuck on a thing, like videos, videos. My dad said, you will not ask these people about videos. They don't have a video machine. And if you ask them, you are going to get spanked. So we're in the room, and I cannot handle the desire to watch movies. So I'm sitting there, and I look at the boy. He's a little bit younger than me. And I say to him, listen, do you have videos? (laughs) Before I can stop him, this boy thought we brought videos, jumped up, ran through the door, is running to the lounge, and I'm seeing my life slip away (laughs) from me as he runs to the front going, Mommy, they brought videos. (laughs) And I'm here. Now, my dad used to wear these old glasses, and he used to, if we we were bad, he would just drop it. And he's sitting there with his glasses looking at me. And I, I feel the life drain out of me as my parents are trying to calm this child down. Because we did not bring videos. And my dad just looked at me. That was the morning. We had to go through a lot of things. But that evening, I could have saved a life that day. I still would have been spanked. Because consequences. For actions. And he brought me in and he sat me down, told me what it was about, and then gave me a good, good hiding. (laughs) Because of the fact that there is love, but there is a certain way of being taught how to live this life. So when we come into this Christ walk, when we're following who that is, it's not always going to be the easy question. Because here is where I'm going to, is that when we read, maybe I should just read this as we... Uh, as we go into this about the, the, new, the new wine. So these Pharisees are all asking me, why is everybody else fasting? And why are you guys not fasting? Why are they, they not doing this thing? So what Jesus is about to say has got to do with their question about who follows him. Keep that in mind, okay? He said, and they said to him, why are these disciples of John, why do the disciples of John fast and often make prayers? And likewise, those of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And he said to them, can you, um, 
Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while the bridegroom is still with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and they will fast in those days. Um, and then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece of a new garment on an old one, otherwise the new one um, makes a tear, and also the piece they're taken off of the new one does not match the old. This is what he's saying here. He's not saying either one is bad. He's just that they don't match. They don't match. There's not a match that's happening here in what this is. He said the following. He says, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilt, and the wineskins will be ruined. So, again, he's not saying that the old is bad. He says, but when you put something new in something old, that old thing is broken now because you did not value that old, that there's something good within that, what that is. But when you put new wine into new wineskins, they are kept well, and they will also mature well because at the end there's the statement, and this has kind of got me thinking, he says, um, and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better. Because new wine isn't that good, right? If it matures a little bit, it's a little better. He's saying that there is a process that happens when you take something new and you put it into a new wineskin, into an environment where it can grow and it's well. You don't take somebody that's brand new and put them on stage and say, now preach. You don't take somebody right there in the beginning and say, listen, now you've got to fast, now you've got to do. No, I'm going to walk a road with these disciples of mine. They don't look the way you think they're supposed to look. But when they're ready, people are going to taste what they taste like, and the whole world will be saved. I know I'm putting a little bit of a twist on this scripture today, because there's something about when you taste something good. Jesus takes the water, puts it in pots, turns it into wine, and when they taste it, they go, wow, why did you leave this good wine for last? Why, why, is, this, why is this something that you're putting last? Why are you doing something different? So what he's doing with these disciples as he's growing them and maturing them and you hear where I'm going with you today, is that in that process, they become mature. You grow up. See, the gospel isn't a just a little nice um, scratch and win. It's, it's not like I come to church and he lays hands on me and supernaturally, abracadabra, Monday morning, it's all sorted. Yes, it's wonderful. Like, this, just quick manners. Like, that's the thing. And if any can't do it, I'm going to find another wizard. Because that's, that's how it sounds, right? But I'm going to find another guy. I heard there's this other guy from Africa. He can tell me my telephone number. I'm going to go to that guy. I'm going to go to that guy. He can tell me my telephone number. And he can tell me my whole pedigree and my blood group. And Jesus is going to touch. It's got nothing to do with Jesus. He's just trying to find some wizard that's going to zap you. And you're going to be all fine. And then supernaturally, everything's going to be good. And fish are going to come into our nets. How many times did Peter catch all that fish? Once. The next time he says, go down, they caught one. And there was a coin inside. There wasn't a million bucks in there. 
See, the problem is we've degraded the gospel and we've taken this gospel out of or we've been and we kind of want to just adapt that as a wishy-washy little abracadabra and everything's fine and we don't have to go through a process. We don't grow. We don't mature. No wineskins are being formed because we all want it in an instant, in a moment, and it's there. You see, the problem is we forget about the scripture that Jesus invited the disciples in the boat knowing there would be a storm. See, the gospel today would say, no, Jesus says, you don't get in the boat. We've got a bus. There it is. We'll go around the ocean. When it rains tonight, you'll sleep at the guest house. It's around the corner. Drinking pina coladas, watching the ocean in turmoil. That's the gospel that we like. We like that zap, that abracadabra, boom, it's all good. No, he takes you into a storm. Then he sleeps while you're awake. Because <laughs> he's trying to show you what to do. He says, follow me. Follow, follow me. Look at my example. It's storming. You should be asleep. I said we're going to the other side. I told you the journey. I invited you into the storm. Now, I don't say that God brings storms, but I'm saying that the gospel isn't a little abracadabra, a little thing we can just, and there it is. It's that upside down of what we think it is. That sometimes we go through stuff. We don't know why we're going through it but we have the gospel to hold on to it. Sometimes listen, there's no answer to what that is. No answer. But I have Jesus. Because he's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my strong foundation. It doesn't make sense today. But I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know why Joseph had to go through everything that he did. But I know by the time he got to the palace, he had matured. We see two different kings. We see a David and a Saul. Saul was instant king. Instant. He just, he just walked off. Somebody came to him and said, today you will be king. Next moment he's king. What does he do? He messes up because he never matured. He never walked around. He did not look after sheep. He did not, he did not produce. He was a man who had stature and had the looks and the feel, the Brad Pitt of the Bible with the perfect hair. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Like we have boldness before the throne. <laughs> and yes, David. David gets anointed and said, wait. No, we don't want to wait, Jesus. No, that fruit I ate up a long time ago. Fruit of patience? I don't need. No, we don't want the patience fruit. Like, listen, if we don't need it, why is it a fruit of the Spirit? Long-suffering. No, 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 that part of the grace gospel. Nee, Jesus, you make a grap. Stand terug, minister. This is a joke, Tahi. That's a joke. No, no, no. Long-suffering, a fruit. Because I need it. I need that fruit. Sometimes I'm going to suffer long on something. But when I trust and I eat that fruit, I've got the strength to go through the season. Because he's given me a fruit of the Spirit. He's given me some, sometimes I've got to come and I, and I look at the wineskin of a certain area in my life. And I go, this is an old wineskin, has good things, but God's doing something new. I can't put it into this. This is, well, I, I know God is a healer, but sometimes I don't know how God is a provider. So I've got to find a new wineskin so God can pour out some new wine into that. Challenge me, grow me in that so the wineskin can form. Then when I come to you and I tell you, man, I need to share with you what God's been doing in my finances. 
can I pour out? I pour out of the old wineskin because I've been maturing in how God teaches me that he's a provider. I've had some of that fruit of patience that's produced that wineskin. But then there's something new that comes in and, and God wants to challenge me in a certain area. I can't come with that old thing like, no, that's not for me. You know, I, I know these things. Wrong way. I've got to bring a new wineskin like I know nothing revealed to me. You know, what I love about my dad is that he's 66 years old. Uh, and right now, he, we sat the other day and we were talking through some things as he progresses into a new season of his life. Is that he says, Sean, you know what, I'm at a place right now, I'm just, I'm learning new things. I'm stepping into, and I'm saying, God, grow me, form me, mold me for the season of my life right now. That's 66. I'm going, man, I want that kind of attitude. <laughs> I want that kind of thing because I've been around some people that are 25 and they think, they, no, no, don't challenge me, mold me on anything. I know everything. Okay, let's not knock the 20s. Let's go into the 30s or the 40s. People reach 40 and they're like, I have lived life to the fullest. I know everything. You can't teach me nothing. Really? He comes and he says, follow me. I'll lead you, I'll guide you, I'll mold you. And sometimes in some areas we do have wineskins that are old and mature and are good. But there are a lot of areas in our life where we've got to come to God and go, Lord, he has a new wineskin, fill it with new wine, show me, mold me, form me, because you want to do something in me that's going to touch others. We have to understand the gospel is not a solo thing. It's not just about you. He called you to touch other people's lives. He comes, he says, Matthew, follow me. Matthew goes, yo, man, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I want that. And like, I'm going to call all my friends right now, Facebook Live, boys, this is Jesus, come to my house tonight, party. I don't know what it's going to be like. No, he said, follow me. <laughs> and they show up and their world has shifted. A lady shows up at the well. Jesus doesn't just touch her life. He touches her life so she can change the entire city. You see, the, the gospel isn't just for me. It's sharing that with somebody else. Like, man, my life sometimes is a mess. I don't always have it figured out. But that's not the focus. Let me show you Jesus. Because so much of our conversation sometimes is just about the mess that there is. Nobody wants to be following a mess. No, I'm going to go like, my life's a mess, your life's a mess, but Jesus is pretty cool. Let's go there. Come on, man. Let's follow him. I don't, I, don't know, I don't know how it looks right now. I prayed for this thing. It didn't work. But, man, I've got something that's so firm in my life. There's patience. There's something stirring. There's a foundation that's stronger than the circumstances. I don't have it for you. My business failed. But I have Jesus. One of the guys in church, uh, that he had gone through a, a very bad uh, divorce. And suddenly there was a... Um, some money that was outstanding on something and and he had thought he had settled everything and they came with another another thing and so he, they showed up at his work and took his bucky away and him and his and his new wife and children then without a car and he calls me up and he says this is crazy this is wild is this the devil and i said no 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 bro it's not the devil it's not anything keep your eyes on jesus keep your eyes on jesus right now he's the he's the foundation in the storm God will sort the rest out. Don't lose focus on Jesus right now because the storm can be too much in this thing right now. You don't have it figured out, keep your eyes on Jesus.
Two weeks later, buck is back, money's paid, things are settled, business is doing well again within a two, three week period of just seeking Jesus instead of getting focused on the onslaught. I'm using that as an example. We don't, sometimes it might not be two weeks, sometimes the bucky never comes back. Sometimes that which you prayed for, they die. But what's the foundation in the storm? That somebody can stand next to a bed, a person they've prayed for has just died, but lift their hands and go, Jesus, you're still my rock. You're still my fortress. You're the foundation I stand on. I don't know why this happened, but I know that we have for eternity that I might not see them today, but I know I'll see them one day. We can't make ultimatums when we say the one thing is that, oh yeah, this is just healing, but nothing else is God. This life, this 100-meter dash, some, some 40, some 50, some 60, some 80-meter dash, is just this life. We haven't seen everybody healed. There will be a day when everybody will be healed. That's Scripture. But until we see that day, I don't lose faith. I prayed it didn't work. That's okay. There will be a day. I prayed it didn't work. I prayed it worked. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. But eternity is still the goal. Because this life is but a moment. Eternity is still the reality. Is it making some sense what I'm sharing? There's some new wineskins and there's some old wineskins. And as we, as we pour that wine in, it's going to mature you, it's going to grow you, it's going to form you, it's going to mold you. The gospel isn't just a scratch and win. And I want to, I want to end with this. You know, I've, I've, in ministry, deal with two sides, people who want the mic and people who don't want the mic. <laughs> there's people who really, really, and there's people who really don't want it at all. And in both instances, those who really want it and those who don't want it, is all of us are called to one calling, to preach the gospel, to live the kingdom. Whether it's those who are on stage or those who are off stage or those who will be forced to get on, those who are forced to stay off. <laughs> I know this is just for, for some people here this morning. The process doesn't start when you have the mind. Or if you don't have the mic, the process is your life every day. It's what he's doing in your life every day. It's where that forms a part of your life. Leadership, whether I am preaching the gospel on a stage or whether I'm at my workplace, I'm still a leader. Is there fruit on the tree? Is there life in what that is? Follow him and you'll be on the greatest journey of your life. He's called you to that. He's called you to a purpose. Sometimes it will be easy. Sometimes it will be tough. Sometimes you will be challenged. Sometimes it will be pina coladas. I hope I didn't offend you with that statement. It's a virgin pina colada. It's no alcohol. In it. <laughs> Sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's not. But keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Can we just pray? Father, I thank you for every single one that came here this morning I want to ignite something here because Lord I believe that every gifting that you bring into a church or that's part of a church isn't just what that gift gives it's what that gift releases and so Lord I know that in my life I'm apostolic and I'm prophetic and so today, as in the, 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 
as a prophet, I want to release a prophetic vision in people's hearts. I want to release vision today. I want to release your presence that people will see beyond the natural but into the spirit. I pray that eyes will be opened now in the name of Jesus. I pray that they will see this church for what this church is. I pray that they will see their life for what their life is and what you've planned for them. That it will not look at what they see naturally, but what they see supernaturally beyond this moment, beyond this time. I release that over them today in the name of Jesus. May they walk in that. May they declare it over their their, their friends, their family, their children. Because prophetic Lord isn't just in a nice word. It's declaring over our family, over our over our street, over our city, over our nation. That what we just we're not just what we see, but what we speak. And as you speak over your children, as you speak over your neighborhood, as you speak over your business. Abraham did not see the natural. He did not even consider his age in his speaking or thinking. I pray that that will be released in this moment over people. That we will not consider even our age. We will not consider the natural. We'll just look beyond that and declare that over our children, over our business, over our husbands and our, and our wives, over our mothers, over our brothers and sisters and fathers. We declare your word lord i can feel something shifting in the spirit we speak what you speak i release that prophetic action lord apostolically i release lord a, a season of leadership in this church a time of leaders rising up and leaders coming here that they will be drawn to what this is just as much as the moment lord you looked at levi and you said follow me there's a moment and an instant when some of these people in this place are going to say to a friend come on follow me man i want to show you what god's going to do they're going to respond they're going to respond to that moment they're going to come into a discipleship with you they're going to follow you as you follow christ thank you for that Lord today thank you for that Jesus thank you for that Lord I thank you that you raising up leaders here today there will not be space for the amount of people that will be coming to this church not because we want to have chairs filled but because we want to raise up a generation and a group of people that will turn Stalambosh around, that will have impact in their lives as we follow you, Lord. I just feel some of you just this morning as I was talking about the good and the bad and the, those circumstances that you're praying for, you're not seeing results in it. You have a firm foundation. And I want to pray this morning that you're going to start standing on that foundation because God's not taking you out of it. He's growing you out of it. No child can fit back into their, their carry cot, into their, um, 
the, the push pram, they can't fit into that pram again because they've outgrown it. They can't fit it back in the clothes because they've outgrown it. Lord, I'm just releasing a maturity in its place. The people are going to grow out of that circumstances. They're going to see things different. Lord, they're going to throw some old wineskins away and they're going to come and say, Lord, give us a new wineskin. Teach me, mold me, for me, for what you have. I'm not going to do the same thing again and expect different results. I want to have a new pattern, a new way, a new thinking, a new life. And I pray you show that Holy Spirit. Feel in the Spirit, I'm just saying you cannot do the same thing and expect different results. So many times Holy Spirit's challenged me on that. Sean, you pray the same way, you do the same way, you give the same way, you serve the same way, and you expect something different, change that. Change it up. Change your life. Change that way that you've been doing it. Doing doesn't do it. Believing does. But because I believe, it changed the way I'm doing it. Thank you for listening to our weekly sermon. For more detail, visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za.